Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode three of season two of This Osteopathic Life. We're one week delayed on the recording of this podcast and many reasons for that. I'm going to just hop back on, get back on the rails and move forward. Today, we're going to talk about community and tribe and connection and look at those as major contributors to health. I'm recording today on a Friday afternoon in Southern Oregon, where I'm based for the better part of the school year. And this is the first weekend in the past five that I've been home on a Friday afternoon. And it's an unseasonably warm day here in Southern Oregon. I'm looking at the sun as it's just starting to nod beneath the mountain here in my backyard. And we'll see how the sounds of nature work for us during the recording of this podcast. I think about it as in Oprah's super soul conversations where she's often out in the garden and birds are chirping. I will embrace that and hope the ambient noise is an addition and not a distraction to the recording. I've been with you over the past few weeks on location, recording on the weekends in these various spots. And this past weekend, the culmination of four consecutive weekends of travel for me was to San Antonio for the first annual meeting of the Physician Moms Group. And this is an organization with which I've been involved for a number of years in various iterations. And at this meeting, I had the opportunity to be an active participant, not only in the audience, but as a speaker. And I was the opening speaker at this conference, talking about the best health of all things and expanding the osteopathic concept. And for those of you that have been listening along with the podcast, will know that this is the major mission of this osteopathic life is to expand awareness and understanding of osteopathic principles and broaden their application into all areas of life to encourage the best health of all things. And this is a very exciting opportunity for me for a number of reasons. The founder of Physician Moms Group, or PMG, is herself an osteopathic physician. And I learned in meeting her in person at this meeting, had done an undergraduate fellowship, expanding her knowledge of osteopathic manipulative treatment, treating patients and helping teach students and gaining knowledge herself. And that she'd also shared experience learning from one of my teachers, Dr. Jim Jealous, who I mentioned previously in the podcast and uh, whom I often quote in my presentations. And these were things I hadn't expected. As a practicing ER physician, I didn't know that these were parts of her past experience in the osteopathic medical school training programs. And it was so interesting to see those unexpected connections. It was also an opportunity to share the stage as a presenter with 
the founder of my osteopathic health policy fellowship program, Dr. Barbara Ross Lee, who is an amazing part of our profession on so many levels and a leader for women and for women of color and physicians of color and just an innovator in so many ways in launching new programs and taking on roles in an unexpected way. She was one of the keynote speakers featured on Saturday of the weekend and even be present at the same conference, you know, in the lineup with her it was truly an honor. And it felt like an expansive moment for me. And the talk went well. Challenging to be the opening speaker at 7 a.m. on the Friday morning when everyone was traveling in and there were some delays with weather. And I was having some concerns as my previous experience attending the one-day event with this group was missing my own flight and arriving on time, but just barely flying in on the morning of. And as I was seeing delays happening all over the country, I was a little nervous about that, but as it turned out, this time coming from the west side of the country was in our favor, and we made it without mishap, though, with only a few hours of sleep, and fortunately, my work in the gym community and early morning classes coaching has helped prime me for that. So the crowd who was present gave positive feedback on the talk, and I hope it will lend itself to future opportunities to expand the dialogue and the conversation and the exposure and experience of osteopathic philosophy and for us all to learn from one another and for me to learn more about those with whom I have connections I might not even have anticipated. But my piece was just a small portion of the meeting and my experience of the whole weekend. And I'd like to share in this podcast what it meant to be present at a conference that was led by women physicians and presented by women physicians and attended by women physicians, all who were mothers, and how it was to be in community with a collective that truly understood and related to my own life experience. And what was interesting about this is it transcended all degrees so we were MD and DO physicians at this conference, but all could relate similarly. And we were all specialties. At one point, I sat at a table with an ear, nose, and throat surgeon and a general surgeon and an OB and a psychiatrist and an internist. And everyone was attending lectures and gaining from them because they related to us as women who were mothers who were physicians. It was also unique in the adaptation of a kid's track. And so throughout the course, kids were welcome and they had their own separate area and activities that included things like casting and practicing sutures and punch biopsies. And they had yoga classes and they learned about social media challenges and they had fun with movies and games and they were led by women physicians and the older children of women physicians but they were welcome to do the experience and it made it so that women who might not have been able to go could come and participate, could bring their families to gain a greater understanding of their tribe and the people who were important to and supported them in their personal and professional endeavors and were exposed to the opportunity that perhaps medicine might be an area in which they would be interested going forward. 
partners and husbands were welcome also, and there were events around the conference itself that involved them, and some physician husbands attended the lectures for CME. So we got continuing education credits for our participation in this. And one even shared his experience of the event as being something that would be meaningful for his daughters and other teenage girls to see of the potential for women to be leaders and to support one another into this professional endeavor. And as I attended and listened to all the different experts and looked at my peers who were in attendance, seeing the experiences that women had had in their struggles and in their successes, it was amazing to me to be connected so deeply with these other women by those common threads of our humanity through our professional experience in the education and training and practice as a physician, through our personal experience in relationships and in motherhood, and the unique combination of those two and what it meant to be seen as our whole selves, to be understood for all those complexities and all the beauty and the challenges that are encompassed in them. And it was so powerful and so easy to fall into connection with these other women. One of the mornings there was a run and I had the chance to participate with another woman and we kept making laps and just chatting about you know, life stories and life experience and commonplaces where we might have trained and visited. And there's something to be said for finding connection with people and finding your tribe. And I think about when I was rebranding my gym, my CrossFit affiliate here in Southern Oregon, and I wanted it to be like tribal athletics or tribe, you know, CrossFit tribe name where the B was a three and we used the E at the end of tribe for our words. So the three E's of fitness energize, empower, evolve, endure, looking at a rotating meaning of those words as they related to engagement and fitness in the collective. And that word was not available, had been used in different iterations previously, and that led us to the name that we have now, CrossFit Inconceivable, which is as it should be. You know, things happen precisely as they're meant to, and it is the best name For our gym, it allows me to draw on The Princess Bride as the inspiring movie, and also the idea that it can be other than what you think it might mean. And we still use the three and the E. My brilliant coach was able to put that into play with the inconceivable. And looking at the end of the word, able, and putting a play on that as well, I am able, and looking at what we are able to do through the power of the collective. But I still think that tribe is a powerful word and concept and one that can be helpful when we're thinking about what it means to bolster our health, especially on the spiritual level, the mental level, and even on the physical as well, if we're looking at that first tenet of osteopathic medicine, because it is often in collective that we're encouraged to make better choices and to continue and to find the support and the encouragement to do the right thing 
physically, even when that thing is rest. And I note for myself that my tendency would often to be to over-exercise and it's usually my tribe, my community, my collective that reminds me the importance of rest to make a good use of all the work, to all the body recovery time and to call out for me when it's time for a rest day or to take it easier in a workout when I have blinders on to those myself. So our community and our tribe can be our mirror and provide for us the insight that we don't have. You know, we don't have 360 degree vision. We can't see behind us. And other people need to have our back so that we can be fully successful and fully engaged as a complete human in the experience of life. And that's where this collective can come into play. I think about the event that was taking place on the same weekend of which I was an attendee the year prior, the Michigan Runner Girl Retreat. And this was a lovely event in Northern Michigan hosted by Heather DeRocher, who's the founder of Michigan Runner Girl. And you should look at her website and her podcast and her events available online and her new hat. I noticed that the beanie this year was so cute at this event, I might have to order one. But the premise of this event was similar. So it was a gathering of women who were runners, either just beginning or seasoned veterans of running, and really just loved physical activity and being together and being outside and celebrating winter, even in Northern Michigan, where it can be a challenging season for many. But cultivating the light from within during the darkness of the season by gathering with people of common interests and backgrounds. And again, here across all professions and no requirement for motherhood at this retreat, but an opportunity to be together, to rest and to be active, going cross-country skiing and running even in the snow and ice and doing yoga and playing games and listening to the podcast being recorded live just sharing time together. And I had the opportunity last year to attend that retreat with my sister and with a colleague who led the yoga, which is one of my favorite yoga sessions that I've attended. And just the ease again of being with folks of similar interest or experience or awareness. And community can come in all of those ways. And I also think one place that I would like to expand my experience of community is gaining diversity in finding those threads of connection through elements of uniqueness and different life experience and how we can bring new dimensions to the collective in a way that helps us gain perspective, gain awareness and understanding and empathy for the life experience of others and allow that to enrich the experience of life for all. The areas where I live for the majority of my time, don't have a lot of ethnic diversity. And I think about that as I watch my children grow up and think about what their exposure and understanding of different cultures and ethnicities and races in life experience might be and how to improve upon that. In some ways through travel, in some ways here in Ashland in particular, the theater experience offers insights into different life experiences by bringing diversity and stories from different cultures to the stage. And we do what we can to participate in those. Lately, I've been reading 
different books and listening to books and through the Osteopathic Health Policy Fellowship, considering you know what it means to experience diversity and what that means for community and how we can begin to build upon and beyond those common launching grounds. And so I'd ask you to think about where you experience community and how you experience it. Is it with people that are the same as you in some ways? And those common threads can be important, but thinking about where they might exist somewhat unexpectedly or in a way you hadn't initially considered. So I've talked about in my two experiences of these meetings this year and last year, you know, I found commonality with women, some with women who were runners, some with women who were physicians or mothers. And sometimes layering those on one another can really lead to a rich experience because you just feel seen and known and understood. Sometimes maybe it's just one of those that links you together and you can grow from there and maybe realize other commonalities you hadn't expected or gain perspective from very diverse life experiences that allows you to deepen your sense of understanding of humanity by learning from someone who's quite different from you in a lot of ways, but similar in their common humanity. Other ways you might find threads, interests, the running or triathlon groups or yoga, perhaps book clubs sometimes can lead us there, common beliefs. Sometimes we benefit from being around those who share our beliefs, and we can also benefit from being around those who don't and understanding why they have the perspective that they do and what we can glean from that, from a positive and educational experience. Common goals. Maybe it's things you haven't yet done, but all of you are aspiring to get there. I've signed up with a few of my fellow athletes at the gym for a 50K out on the trails up at Elevation this summer. Probably my finale moment for my summertime in Ashland. And none of us has run that distance before, but we're all sharing the common goal of getting there and keeping tabs on one another with our running. And I'll be very honest, I feel like I've run the least I ever have since I've signed up for it, but there's still time. And I have this tribe behind me who are also working through what it means to stay well, stay injury-free, and stay on track with training. Perhaps common language. It helps to be able to communicate with one another. It can also be useful to learn insights and find common words, common sentiments, common thoughts that transcend language. I think about this with my experience at a course in osteopathic medicine led by a German osteopath and attended primarily by other German osteopaths and one other U.S. trained DO in the group. And so they would teach both in German and in English. And it was always fascinating to me hearing the German first. I could often pick up what they were saying. And then it would be affirmed when they would say it again in English. And it said to me that the language of health was universal. And these concepts transcended languages. So thinking about the ways we communicate and if you're willing to expand and listen between the words and find some of those common threads. Common values. This has been a big driver of where we live and how we live. And thinking about wanting to surround ourselves and our children with people who share similar values. 
And again, being open to understanding that they might not be the same for everyone and there can be insights to be gained. Perhaps our view can be widened. Our values can be deepened and enriched by learning from others who might not share them exactly. Common location. You're definitely creatures of proximity and the people around whom we live are those we're often going to see most frequently and finding community that way. Common family. You're thinking about those connections genetically or by marriage that bring us together and create that sense of community that often can withstand the test of time. You know, it can be present and easily picked up upon even if many days, weeks, months, years have transpired between. We had the opportunity this summer at my mom's 80th birthday to have aunts and uncles and cousins whom I hadn't seen in many years arrive and we could kind of fall right back into place and catch up on stories through common memories shared and thoughts that we had of relatives with whom we had vacationed growing up that we might see independently throughout the years, even if we hadn't directly seen one another and sharing those common threads. Common priorities. And this is one I'm working on, getting clear on my own and being able to understand and learn from others who share similar priorities. Common leadership. Hopefully voluntary for this one. But when we are in a company or on a team and we're working within the same leadership group, how we experience that sense of community. Common struggle. You know, there's the idea you know, that misery loves company. And moving beyond that, I think just the idea of knowing someone gets the challenges that you've had from a non-judgmental place, from having gone through it, maybe currently going through it, and by reaching out to them, you can begin to help yourself or has come through and can reach a hand back and help pull you forward. So looking at those opportunities to find the common threads and build the community that can really be the tapestry of health in our lives. It can be interesting to think about who you are, who you tend to be in your various community circles. Are you a giver? Some people are natural helpers and they're always reaching out and doing for others. Are you a taker? And that can sound like a negative connotation, but not necessarily. Because in the world where giving is someone's love language, having people respectfully and kindly and wholeheartedly receive is important as well. It's also important to be able to voice need and illustrate when we do need help. And demonstrating that for others is so important. And so being a good recipient, being aware enough to acknowledge when you can't do it all or you have nothing more to give yourself and you need others to step in and become the taker or maybe I'll say the recipient as a better word is important. Are you a leader and are you leading by action or by word? Are you leading quietly or overtly? Do you lead in some circles where you might sit quietly in others? Do you feel successful and you have the skills that you need to be the leader that you want to be for your community? Or do you need support in those? Are you a follower? And again, everyone can't be the leader. And we need folks who are on the team and who are willing to take up the cause and to align and join forces with and put energy behind and create a synergy that makes that leadership even more powerful in a movement forward even more effective. 
Are you active? You know, at this experience of the conference, I was on stage and I was in small groups and I was talking to other folks where some conferences I can be quite passive and just sit and take in the information and be quiet and not necessarily reach out to others. And it's okay to bounce between those roles and probably preferred so you can keep a balance in the energy you're expending and conserving. We talk about structure and function in the osteopathic tenets and looking at which came first. Do you have structure in place and make it do what it can with what resources are there? Do you have a particular function in mind and do you build a structure accordingly to serve those needs? Thinking about that with community and building community that supports your best health can be a good idea to have in mind what it is you seek in order to have a successful sense of community, to be served by community, to share your gifts and talents in a robust and meaningful way. So thinking about when I'm seeking or I'm creating community, if you're going to be the leader in doing so, what is it that I need, I want, I hope for to support, cultivate, nurture, expand, grow my own health? Do you need support, understanding, connection, collaboration, safety? Do you need very specific things? Do you need an accountability partner? Do you need support with food or with childcare? Do you need some feedback on career choices? Do you need counseling regarding finances or mood management? Getting as broad or as specific as you can or as you desire, and then looking for ways that perhaps that community exists and you just haven't been engaging in the way that might be most effective. Or if it doesn't exist, can you cultivate it? Can you create it from ground zero? Can you look at a space that exists and begin to add certain pieces? For me, in taking over the CrossFit affiliate as a testing ground of sorts for a community wellness center. And it was a gym, and it is a gym first and foremost. It's about workouts and physical fitness, but it's also a place where people come together and they're coached, so they have this leadership and guidance. The workouts are prescribed for them, so they have this structure and predictability. They have other athletes in the classes, so there's this natural community, and they're engaged in that community. So we're not plugged into headphones during the workouts, but we're talking to one another, and we're supporting one another, and we're sharing barbells, and we're remembering past performances and encouraging toward personal bests. And we have gatherings socially where we promote quality foods and engagement and conversation that is other than the workout itself. And so taking this thing, this place, the space and activity that existed and starting to put in the pieces that to me are meaningful for community was one way to get creative and to cultivate that place and space that I needed that I hoped would also benefit others in a similar way. Thinking about the importance of community, it really is a marker of health. It's been shown that Lacking community can lead to worsening overall health through impact on chronic disease, on mental health. And having social connection and avoiding loneliness as a driver of the lack of health or movement toward or worsening of chronic disease is really a means of bolstering our well-being overall. 
So today, I would ask you to examine your life and look at what it is you might need from community. Take that moment and write it down and start broad, you know, some of those big and global concepts, and then get really specific. Think about something that's a big challenge for you and where community might be a resource that would benefit your means of being more successful in that. Whether it's a particular goal that you've had and having others on board with you or sharing a similar goal or just knowing about your goal to encourage you toward it might be meaningful. Maybe it's mood management and having someone to talk to on a day when you're not feeling your best, who can just listen, who can provide feedback. And certainly this does not usurp the need for physician assessment or professional support if you need it. So important. But even within that, having community connection and meaningful resources is important even as you're in professional treatment for mental health management. Thinking about looking for areas in your life where community might exist, but perhaps doesn't have all the specifics that you desire or you think would be beneficial for not only yourself, but others around you. And how can you get creative and start to include them and start to deepen the connection within that already existing space or community in a way that's meaningful for you and for others. And I give thanks for my experiences this past weekend and this past weekend one year ago where I was able to engage with the power of these women and hear about their life experiences and learn from their expertise and be honored for what I had to offer the community and engaged in learning and an active participation in so many ways from running to yoga to skiing to speaking to small group conferencing to connections around the lunch table. And I hope that you too will have the opportunity to experience tribe through those common threads of humanity that knit us together and that we can continue to strengthen ourselves. This is Dr. Millie Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening. <laughs>